going Allison back hey, this morning. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good to have you back for a couple. I think you was missing for a little while there. So glad to have you back. But anyhow, does anybody have a prayer uh, request that I like to lift up? Yeah. Uh, back to the hospital. Mm. Wow. Definitely be praying for the family. Remember, Lisa Tyler. Michael's going to be taking his mother back home Tuesday, and I know it's going to be a hard trip for her, so please yeah. remember her. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll mention Michael and Allison. We'll continue praying for that family. Amen. Continue lifting up. Well, Wayne, I, I want to give a praise report this morning. I, I know several of you are praying for my brother in law, and I appreciate that. And I just want to give you a little update, but um, one of my former students. Lord put her just where she's supposed to be. She's with a cardiac unit that was with him, and, and she has hung with my sister through this whole thing. But um, that he has had two heart attacks, open heart surgery, and seven stents in less than three weeks. So he's he's still not out of the woods completely yet. But they they did that yesterday. The stents. Um, and his color was good, his chest pain was better this morning, and, and my sister was in a lot better front of mine. So, so I just thank the Lord. He has done a miracle. That's a great report. And I remember my daddy, she still made his surgery. Because the God might have taken it. Yeah, remember that. That's a bad one. Well, it's so good to be here. Good to be here this morning. I'm looking for a blessing. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'm going to call on Sister Pam. Sister Pam, if you don't mind me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for all your many blessings. Lord, just thank you for, for putting the right people in the right places when you do. And just giving us some Christians around us when we're in our deepest, darkest hours. Lord, we're just so thankful for that. We just ask that you would be with each and every prayer request today, Lord. We, we don't know what everybody stands in need of, but you know every need. Lord, we just ask that you would be with them and give them grace for whatever their needs are. We ask that you would be with us in this service today. Well, we, we came just looking for a blessing. This yes, we're so thankful that, that you're, you're there and you're going to supply those blessings. And, and we're so thankful for that, Lord. We just ask that you would be with the lost here today. Yes. We know that that's, that's our main purpose is to help draw the lost to you and show yes, them that shining light on the hill. We're so thankful that you let us see those little souls saved from time to time. We just ask that you be with us today. Be with Brother Steve as he brings the message. Be with the ones that teach the Sunday school, the ones that play on the instruments and lead the singing. Lord, just the ones that are just sitting and praying. Lord, we're just so thankful. And we just ask that you continue to be with us and go through this service, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Brother Rod, you come and bring our devotion this morning. We got started a little bit late this when we was fellowshipping. And that's hard to stop doing, you know. <laughs> well, he tells us to. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Love you, brother. Good to be here this morning. Uh, beautiful day. <clears throat> and uh, just tickled to death to be here. I got a couple of cards I'm going to read here before I forget them. 
It may. So it's graduation time. And this is the class of uh, 2013 at Susan Moore High School. Um, the senior class of Susan Moore High School announces commencement exercises Thursday evening, May 25th, uh, 2023 at 7.30 p.m. Larry Todd Patterson Field. And uh, this is uh, particularly for our Michaela Jody Bryant. And uh, congratulations, Michaela, and all of the seniors who graduated all across the county. I just got one thing to say. The next time you go in that place after graduation, you'll have to buy a ticket for a game. <laughs> so enjoy it the last week you got there. Brother Roger, I've enjoyed Michaela's picture being on the side. <laughs> I guess you saved it, but uh, that's the best I've ever looked And got another card. Uh, it's a thank you card. It says such uh, such a simple phrase. Thank you is such a simple phrase. But there's a world of meaning and appreciation in it. We would like to say thank you to everyone who, who called, texted, came by for a visit, prayed with us and uh, with us. Thank you for all the food that was brought during Marvin's sickness and passing. Words can't express uh, how thankful and blessed we are to have such a wonderful church family. We love each and every one of you, Michael and Allison. <coughs> and, and Michael told me when he Tell, tell me about this. He says, that's just a little bit of what we wanted to say. It's just so much we want to say. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's just a blessing to have you all back. And, um, I don't think you were here when uh, I mentioned Elaine and I went by and saw Marvin, I guess just a week or, or less before he passed. And uh, he was out, on, he, he came out on the porch as we got there. And, and he was so alert and so bright and just was just a blessing to be around. Um, told Elaine she saw a bush he had out there. Said, "What is that, Mr. Martin? What bush is that? So pretty. It had red blooms on it." He looked at it and he goes, "I'll tell you in just a minute." <laughs> and then he says, um, "That's a buckeye." And uh, so he was he was just uh, just a joy to be around and and uh, just wanted to. Uh, um, mention that again while we were here. I think with all these cards, I left something there. I'll be right back. Oh, just selling here. I had a couple of other cards. Maybe okay. Okay. I'll get it together one of these days. Oh. You know, sometimes you just have you have a week, and uh, you just have all kind of issues going on, and you just can't seem to get on top of the world that's on top of you. And, uh, I got thinking about uh, a song that went to the number one pop chart, it was number one in the nation in 1970. It was actually written as a hymn, but it actually hit the top of the pop chart in 1970. And uh, I got to thinking about that song, and I'm thinking, I wonder what the backstory. You know me, I got to think on what, why would somebody write a song like that? And uh, this songwriter, uh, now be like Paul Harvey, I'll tell you just a minute. <laughs> uh, I think he lived in Brooklyn, New York. 
but he had an old vinyl record album of a southern gospel group that was called the um, Swan Silvertones. They were popular in the 1940s and 50s, apparently. Uh, had a song that was, uh, uh, I think it was Mary Don't You Cry or something. It had a line in it that said, I'll be your bridge over deep water if you trust in my name. And he said, uh, he was a folk singer, folk writer, maybe. But he said, I'd go home. When I was at home, I put that album on and listened to it all the time. He said, that just, that music just resonated with me. And uh, he said, I started kind of adjusting my songwriting and my, my chords to the gospel chords that were in that song. And, um, that song that he wrote was Bridge Over Troubled Water. And it was Paul Simon. And the fantastic voice of Art Garfunkel sang it. And um, if you listen to the words of it, if you could just imagine that being a gospel song, which it was in his, in his writing, he wrote it as a as a hymn. He said, uh, based on uh, on listening to these old southern gospel hymns that he was listening to. But if you think about it, it starts out when you're down and out, when you're weary. Feeling small. When tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. Says I'm on your side. Now who else could be that but Jesus? Amen. Watch the Lord. Sounds like the Lord, don't it? And he said, uh, when times get rough and friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. And I and I, I made a statement. Years ago, I said, if Jesus ever sang a pop song, it had to be Bridge Over Troubled Water. You know, if he was here now and would sing a pop song, it would have to be that song because it is such a meaningful song when you listen to the words of it and the meaning of it. Um, it's we, we all have those days. We have those weeks and months where it just seems like we just can't get on top of the world. It just Something's always got its thumb on us. And, and when we try to do something good, the belt comes off the lawnmower, and you know stuff like that. And just uh, it's just uh, if you think about it, you know life is just uh, a series of one thing after another, some good, some bad, you know. But in the long run of things, not much of it matters, uh, except the, the good part that that we come here to learn about. That's the thing that matters most of all, and. Uh, in, in, in uh, winding this up, I'm just going to read a verse from the um, 31st chapter of Deuteronomy, sixth verse. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he, it is he that doth goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now that was Moses talking to the children of Israel right before they were to cross over. He knew he was not going to go with them. He was telling them that Joshua was going with them and he was going to lead them and everything was going to be fine and, and all those those people that they had seen when they went spying into the land, not to worry about it, that that God was going to move those people for them and, and take care of whatever they needed. So, you know, when, when, when we start looking at things like how am I going to get this done, how am I going to get that done, it really, what, it, what I faced really not too much compared to crossing that river and facing the giants. And, uh, and, and 
Now Moses told them there just to be strong and to be courage. Fear not, for God had basically he says God's got this. It's moving. He's not going, not going to send you in there for destruction. He's going to send you in there for victory. So as we go through life, let's just remember that um, that um, I think somebody said one time that 95% of the things we worry about don't happen and the other 5% that do happen we couldn't control them anyway. Yeah. So let's don't do as much worrying. I'm not trying to do as much worrying as I do. Maybe do just a little bit more praying and growing my faith a little bit. And uh, <coughs> just remember we got uh, someone that when there's trouble water, he's a, he's a mighty bridge to cross that, that water. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take the class? If you get a chance, listen to that song and listen to the words. Uh, it's got beautiful, beautiful lyrics and it's got a beautiful soundtrack with it too. The uh, uh, just an epic piano piece and, and then a, a string orchestra finishes it up and it's just a wonderful song. Especially when you look at it at the, at the uh, face value of what it was written for. Brother Roger, I'm glad that you mentioned that song. A lot of times at night, Linda's got one of them electric wheels that sits by the bed. And a lot of times at night, I'll tell that thing to play bridge over troubled waters, and and, uh, and it'll play all the way through, and I'll say play it again. And uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel and, and Elvis Presley both sang sang that song. And I want to encourage the young people here that uh, all of us is older that uh, were kids in the 70s and all, we remember that, but some of you that's younger may not remember it, but encourage you maybe go on YouTube or something and pull that up and just meditate on the words of that song. It's, been, it's given me peace a lot of times at night when my uh, waters would be troubled, yeah. and, uh, knowing that he's that bridge. Uh, anyone else got anything? Okay, if not, we'll, we'll take the classes this time. It's kind of neat being behind y'all. Uh, just a reminder, there's USB thumb drives in the back by our little offering box that's got all of these pictures. If you want one, I have plenty of them, so help yourself. And there's baby bottles still back there. Don't forget those baby bottles. They're enough for sale a lot. Wanted to back up just a little bit uh, as I try to give you a not only the Christian side of Israel, but also just the, the, the geography of Israel and talk just a minute about water. Now this is one of the four headwaters of the Jordan River, which is right uh, just, I don't know, it's not 50 yards from where we saw the cave, the gates of hell last Sunday. 
Rainy season in Israel is from about November to March, and they have a monthly rainfall of about an inch and a quarter. Starting now, they probably will not have any rain until next November. That's how precious water is. Inch and a quarter a month? Yes, that's rainy season. Yeah. That's like a small shower here in Alabama. Exactly, so. yeah. And we've had over that in one day this past week. But And the only really river is the Jordan River. And I mentioned last week there's a dam at the uh, south end of the Sea of Galilee, and there's a, it's a balancing act. They use it to save the waters if there happens to be a heavy rainfall, but yet you've got to let water pass on down that valley for irrigation. So they kind of walk a fine line with the Sea of Galilee as it is fresh water. But I also spiritually thought it was interesting that right there at such a terrible place the, where they had pan worship and the Holy Ghost and all that, uh, there's life. Uh, and this is also reminds me, and I'll show you another even more dramatic example of water out of the rock. But there's one of the examples of water out of the rock. Now they've made that obviously a little nicer there with some rock. But just, just behind that, I mean, it's a bluff. There's, there's no flowing down to it. It comes out of the mountain. And, uh, okay, Le oh, Lisa, I'm sorry, Pam. And that's a little place, that's where they would baptize. So is that like a spring or that just, that's just hold a cistern? Hold a it's just like a cistern, yeah. I take that back, Pam. I'm wrong because I remember the water was flowing through that. Yeah. And actually they say that water is so clean you can just fill your bottle up. And they actually have a place you can do that. Uh, Note how far that water travels underground from Mount Hebron. Yes, and the Temple of Pan. Interesting, uh, I read somewhere that uh, one of the things that the little G-God Pan would do to frighten away enemies was scream real loud. That's where we get our word panic. That's just part of the old, one of the old temples that was there. That's actually the name of the spring itself. Bania Springs. I think we saw these last Sunday. You can just bump through them. Everything's built on the hilltop for protection. And things were, things were in bloom. There were some beautiful fields while we were there in March. Uh, if you look on the thumb drive. Now this is back. That's okay. You'll see those. This is one of the places we stopped and ate. There's a lot of family, and I do mean family literally, restaurants where the family run it. And I'm sure a lot of them cater specifically to tour groups. But I had to take a picture of the, uh, the dude up on top in the picture. Not sure if he's one of the Ayatollahs or what, but they were good to us. They didn't poison us or nothing. <laughs> but a lot of family restaurants, brothers, sisters, cousins, 
aunts, uncles, all work at the restaurant. How was the food? Oh, food was great. Food was great. What was the food? <laughs> well, there... Well, let me tell you this. If you love barbecue sandwiches, you are out of luck. <laughs> or sausage. <laughs> or bacon. <laughs> yeah. But there, this is what they made. There's, it's a flat surface, and he'd make the, the bread. They love bread. Everywhere you went, you got a round piece of bread. And it was, I don't know, about the consistency and thickness of a good pancake. And then there, he's grilling the what we'd call the chicken kebabs right on a grill. So your food was fresh most places. And that's just where we ate. You came out, you could see the snow up on Mount Hermon. Now, the thing that surprised me I was not expecting is when we got up into the mountains, a huge windmill farm. Did we cover this last Sunday? Okay. Israel is energy independent for the obvious reasons. They don't count on anybody for anything. But uh, it really, it was neat to see, the, I don't know how many windmills was up there. We drove a good while coming around the northeast part of the country. You know, country. not that often. Is there certain things that grow because of that? I mean, don't look like things that they well, thanks to those springs in the Jordan River, they have water to irrigate down in the valley. Okay, Pam. What, what size are those? I don't know if they're big, small, or little. They were huge. <laughs> to me, they were huge. I had the lens zoomed all the way out just for that close-up. But on the next shot, you'll get a... I mean, you're just... And you'd, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, you drove for 15 minutes and you kept seeing them on the left. And this is up on the Golan Heights where the wind apparently blows all the time. Now there's you some grapevines, Bo. Yeah. Let me pick those by hand and prune them. Look how far those rows go. Looks like the cotton rows I used to pick. Yeah. <laughs> Just went outside over the hill around the fur. Now, from where we were, you can barely pick it out in this, but you're looking at Jordan. It's the country of Jordan. We were that close. And there's one of the cities in Jordan, up on the mountain up in there. So they live right next door. Yeah, that's all Jordan. <clears throat> Caves, back up, I'm sorry. I took that picture of a cave. There are caves everywhere. And we come to learn on our trip how much caves were used and how many things we kind of westernize. Um, well, we'll get onto it down the road, but uh, caves were used for lots of things. All right, now one thing we did do, it was optional, but just below the dam, it's the, uh, it's called, I can't pronounce it, Yardent, I believe Yardent, I'm not good at pronouncing Jewish words, or all those words, but it was a place where you could be baptized if you wanted to in the Jordan River. And there was about 40 of us, no Pam, we ain't got time to read. 
And actually, I don't know if I mentioned, I went with a Presbyterian church. I told them all they'd make great Baptists. Um, great people. Um, but a lot of them chose they be baptized in the River Jordan. And I thought the pastor who's there in the front, uh, did, he did not say the traditional, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. He said, I baptize, uh, what did he say? I think he said, like, in remembrance of the baptism of Christ. I think that's how he worded it. So they weren't like they were getting baptized again. They just wanted to be baptized in the River Jordan. And you had to, that is a, such a popular place, you have to schedule a time for your group. So, and there, it's, 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 uh, I don't know, it might have been six foot deep out in the middle. Uh, maybe, I don't know, about like our rivers around here wide, but it was very calm because it's just going on down from the dam. And, uh, I took pictures for them while uh, another guy named Michael, we were full of Michaels, did the videos. So, yes, my feet were in the Jordan River. And I have a pair of jeans Marilyn can never wash again. So. But, I, but I, did, I was thankful he the way he worded it. So Was, was there a fee for this ceremony? <sighs> they had to rent the gowns. But our take by the gowns, I think it was fifteen dollars. But Daryl was Oh, Yeah, but I mean it's just enough to cover the expenses. It's not like it's a profit-making place. But they have places you walk down steps to get in the water, and all this, all the, it's really neat. But that was what happened. I have no idea. That's You can't sit up there with this gold top. Oh, okay. <laughs> That was just something I saw going down the road, somebody just taking rocks and made a star. Now, as we head down the west, no, I'm sorry, the east side of the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee down towards the Dead Sea, it starts to look like Utah. You see the, what do they call those? Buttes? Yeah, where the wind has kind of carved out around them. But it looked a lot like Utah going down through there. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> we stopped one place and you could ride a camel. The source of stars. Yeah. I, I took that picture to show you. See how tattered those flags are. It's why those windmills work. Yeah, they have some wind up there on that. And it's that wind that comes screaming down the valley which creates such waves on the Sea of Galilee. Okay, we're heading to the Dead Sea which is 1,400 feet below sea level and it's another 1,300 feet deep caused by volcanic activity and earthquake activity. Last major one, 364 A.D. Just more of those buttes, how you can see that it's washed away. And as you see, there's nothing green anymore. We're getting on down towards the desert. What those poor guys eat, I'll never know. Mm -hmm. Now, he told us it was super, super green at the time we were down there. And I thought, you got to be kidding. 
They yeah. don't know what green is. They don't know what green is, yeah. <laughs> but they'd had enough rain, things had sprouted, but wasn't going to last for long. Nothing particular about this picture, just showing you the terrain, but man, hard grazing. Now a couple of things here, you see how barren that is. There's a group, there's a civil, oh, what's the word on? There's a people who live scattered throughout the country of Israel called Druze, D-R-U-E-S. And they live a very simple life, as you can see. Those, those houses are patched together with tin and such. I mean, they really don't have to worry about rain or cold as you get on down through there that much. But a tough, tough way to live. But that's what they choose, and that's their right to choose that. Of course, everybody on the bus went nuts when we saw sheep or goats out in the... Look, look, look. Were the sheep fenced in or were they just free-roaming? Free-roaming. Where are they going to go? Yeah. Just as barren on the other side of the hill. <laughs> no, the grass is definitely not greener on the other side of the hill. Just another example of where, you know, the original buildings and how they built on top of them were built on the hilltops for protection. One, this one was a real good example if I can get this thing to work. Notice how it's stair-stepped and as people keep moving in they'll build and everybody's window has a view of the Dead Sea for what that's worth. Oh, for some of you that wasn't here, we'll get to it in a minute. The Dead Sea, well let me back up. Uh, most oceans are six to seven percent salt. The Great Salt in Utah is 14% salt. Dead Sea is 38% salt. That's why you can float in it. <coughs> this is on the drive from the Dead Sea to Jerusalem. You start seeing Jerusalem on your left. And the, the thing I want to show, look how, you know, remember we talked about what a percentage of people lived in the cities? Well, that's what they live in, big condos, most of the younger generations. They don't have to cut grass. Parking is a nightmare. If you live there, you imagine the parking. But look at what they cleared to build that. Look at all those boulders. Do they have decks to park in? I do not know, Pam. Huh. You would have to. Yeah, you just all sit yeah. there, but you think a two-lane road in town and everybody here is going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, traffic's not good. So do they have public transportation like in our bigger cities? Like where Some. Have a car and just get 
Some, but not a whole lot. Truth being, Israelis, they don't like to get a whole lot of them on one bus. It's dangerous. Just to be honest about it. Now, I took that picture because it was just so pretty. When you see it on the thumb drive, it's just the colors are really pretty. All that green grass and then the rock. Now we're getting on into Jerusalem and you will notice the thunder clouds starting to build. We actually got to see a flood in Jerusalem. It might have rained a half inch. <laughs> and that was a flood to those people. Now this is... Oh, right there. Now keep in mind there's Jerusalem and in the middle of Jerusalem there's Old Jerusalem which is inside the walls. So... The outside of the walls, or what, if we want to call it newer Jerusalem, a lot like Tel Aviv, modern. Um, it's inside the old city where everybody gets uptight. All right. That is what remains now of the Garden of Gethsemane. It was in the valley on the east side on the hill is the Mount of Olives, Mount, Mount of Olives, and on the west side is the old city of Jerusalem. And this is kind of in the valley. <coughs> Just a tunnel and the names all, nothing really. Okay, you are now looking from the Mount of Olives across the valley where the Garden of Gethsemane is into Jerusalem. And of course there's where everybody fusses the Temple Mound. For those of you that wasn't here, uh, it's, it's a con conglomerate of, I don't know what the word would be, but the Muslims believe that's where Muhammad ascended the Jews believe that's where the Holy of Holies was in Solomon's temple. The Jordanians are the custodians and the Israelis are there for security. What a recipe. What a recipe. I'm sorry, back up just a second, Pam. See the wall? Kind of hard to pick out in this one. But there's your wall of the old Jerusalem. The old city. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at you're looking at it east to west, so that would be the east wall. And I just took several shots of. Now you can. How can you tell this is the Muslim quarter? Right there. Yes. There'll be one of those. If it, and even in a city, a neighborhood, if it's Muslim, you'll know where the Muslims live because of that. What is, what is that? They have a name? What is that? It's their local mosque. Okay. Yeah. It's where they go to pray three times a day. It's the... You can't see it as well in here, but it's gold. Yes, yeah, all the roofs are, yeah, they're gold balls, yes. 
Does it have a speaker on it? Oh, yes. Yeah, when it's time, you hear the call. call. I was going to say chimes, but it's yeah. not quite chimes. It's more of a call. Yes. And you can hear it everywhere. Get over here. No, it's not quite that. Hey, it's almost like somebody's hurting, but I'm not going to say that. Now, I took a couple of shots. There's a typical dress, a Muslim lady with her child. See how they really do dress that way. Everybody's got to have their caffeine. I don't care what your beliefs are. Okay. Now you can see it much better. You're standing on the Mount of Olives. You're looking across the valley at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. And then up here, you've got the old city and there's the uh, Temple Mount. So when Christ stood or sat and looked over Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, this was the view he would have had. Right like this. Just like this. Of course, it wouldn't have been nearly as big, obviously, but it would have mostly been the old city. And there's how they built it. And yes, those are olive trees. And those are cedars there, but just several different views from up there. The color looks a lot better when you get your thumb drives and look at it. Now, I zoomed in. I want to show this. Why is this wall so tall? Well, it's not that tall back here, but it is here. When the, when the city was rebuilt sometime in the past, I don't think it was Herod, but somebody wanted it level. So they literally built up and filled in so that all this was level. Now you talk about a lot of rocks and a lot of work. I guess slave labor's cheap. Initially, the wall kind of just did like this. Yeah. Not, yeah, but they when they built it up, they filled it all up. And it's. Where was the wall from Jerusalem to Gethsemane for Jesus? Not that far. Not really that far. You're not talking. Well, it's hard to judge distances. It couldn't have been. Because, you know, I'm, I'm shooting from one side of the valley to the other with a 200 millimeter lens. So, Roger, you could help me. Definitely under two miles, maybe even a mile, but it's kind of hard to judge. But it wasn't no long, long ways. There just shows you how high they built it up so that it's level up there. Now, I think this might be where it starts. I just tried to start a panorama shooting from my right and just keep shooting pictures as you go to the left. 
Let's see if that's these. Now, hang on a sec. See the wall? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With all the busts? Yeah, that's the other thing. See, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. It's big business. It's looking down into the valley. these rocks. Now this was really interesting. When you stood on the Mount of Olives and looked over towards Jerusalem, you see all these graves. Number one, why are they above ground? Yeah, you'd have to dig in that rock to get them out. They're all facing, the, the heads near you, the feet are on the end facing Jerusalem. Anybody know why there's rocks on the graves? <laughs> so they don't break out? Hey, why not? Sorry. It's their flowers. It's their flowers. Yeah. When you visited a grave, you'd place a rock on it. Yeah. They don't wilt. They don't have to be cleaned up twice a year. Keep going. There's one more comment I want to make, but I think I've got a better shot. And there's inscriptions, like they write, like the history of the person. There, what's the piece of paper called at a funeral? The eulogy. Eulogy. Yeah. eulogy. yeah, they're on the top. And this is Jewish cemetery, very old, very exclusive. Uh, if you were able to get a place to put one of those, I think it said today it's about twenty-two thousand five hundred dollars. U.S. money. Any idea dates of some of these? How old is it? No, I do not, Pam. Old, I know that. Now, okay. They're all situated this way. Heads on this end, feet on this end. The Jews believe, incorrectly, I'll say, they're all looking towards a gate that's on this wall, the Damascus Gate. Because they believe that when the Messiah comes, they will all resurrect and they'll be facing Christ or the Messiah. So that's why they're buried like that. So they'll be looking in the right direction when they come up out of their grave to the Messiah who will be at the Damascus Gate. Surprise! <laughs> Those cemeteries? Yeah. Well, it kind of went, kind of went all the way around where we were looking. It's pretty large. Could you go down there, or is it just like I do not know. We did not. Because each plot is one person, or do they kind of stack them? I think they were one person. Yeah. No, they don't stack them. That's heavy. Color doesn't show up well, but that's just uh, the garden of Gethsemane. That's a little better. What it looks like today. 
I think now I start my panorama right to left. Yes. And you just because once you start looking to your extreme left, to your left is the city, what they call the city of David. Now when you see on the thumb drives, everything's that Jerusalem block color. A little lighter, a little darker, but... Oh, back up one, I'm sorry. There you can see the wall again. Where is the Wailing Wall? We'll get there. We'll get there. That'll be our first stop, I believe, next Sunday. But now you're looking to the south. You see the cemetery continues. So they're not below ground at all? Nope. No, they're not at all. It's, it's kind of like at New Orleans. Yes. Uh, they have to build above ground because of water, and yeah. they have to build above ground here because of rock. <laughs> kind of humorous, but because there's so little rain, most people over there don't know when to get out of the rain. <laughs> like, I can see that storm coming to you. It's about to come a flood. They didn't have a clue. They don't see very many of those. You can see a little bit in the background there. It was coming fast. But I do encourage you to get one of the thumb drives and look through these pictures. And the only color is the clothes that visitors are wearing. Yes. The buildings itself is, is stone. Is that correct? Yeah, and I do not know why those stones are stacked like that, but they're black volcano stones. Give it a little bit of depth perception. We'll keep looking to the left, and we'll just stop on that one. It's just a, that's it's hadn't been gold very long on top, but and of course you can see the wall there. You can get an idea how big that really is, and that's the center of all the fussing. Thank you, Pam. Mm -hmm.